Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. It's the Monday after the Sunday. Pastor Mike here, and I'm excited for this message because I, as I was prepping this message, oh my gosh, this idea that you are enough plays into almost every area of our lives, our relationships, our careers, just our purpose in life. And so this message, there's a lot of heart behind it. It was on Mother's Day and I just wanted people to know that you are enough, like to embrace the idea that there's only one you, like embrace that, that you are a gift to this world but we fight this battle every day wondering am I enough we question our self-worth and I want us to get this message I hope it encourages you send it to someone share it with someone if you know that they need it too just to pray for them and encourage them challenge them whatever they need in their next step of faith whatever you need I hope you're blessed I hope you are encouraged and take that next step of faith because you are enough. Got a question for you. It's a little personal. How many of you like to shop at the Clarence Rack at Smith's in Los Alamos? You know the one I'm talking about where it's you walk in and it's kind of in that back left corner? Anybody, anybody know? It's kind of like, I mean, sometimes we're kind of like, oh, I don't know. Some of you guys, you need to check that aisle out. There's some pretty good bargains back there sometimes. All right. We all like to buy, have a good deal, even if you're not like the Smith's one. Like for me, the, the one at Smith's, it's kind of like walking into the mall and you smell a Cinnabon and you're like, I, you just sm- I got to go to wherever that smell is and find out what's happening. I cannot not go over there and, and check out and see what, what's over there. We all like to uh, find a good deal. Sometimes we go to the clearance rack at our favorite store um, and find a bargain and stuff like that. It's one thing to shop for uh, on the clearance rack. But where I want to kind of hang out today is, um, as I was thinking about it, because I go back there, I went back there the other day, and there was like a dented box, you know, like some damaged goods, but it was still good, like K-cups and stuff. I'm like, I'll deal with that. And you get it for like half price because coffee's like super expensive, whatever, you know. So it's one thing to shop on the clearance rack, but it's a whole other thing to live like you are on the clearance rack, like you are damaged goods, that you are lesser than in value. And where I want to hang out today is talking about this idea that something that every one of us struggle with is, am I enough? This, this, this thing that when I go home today, there'll, there'll be times when I'll be like, hey, that was a great day. That was a great Mother's Day. And we had a great time together. And we just, God's moving and God's been doing great things. And then this, it's like this little bug that just comes up and just bites you with this little toxic poison called, I'm not enough. And we start to question and, and doubt our value. We question our worth. We wonder if we're, if we're even worthy of the things in our life. That I'm not enough for my family. That I'm not enough for my wife. That I'm not enough for my kids. I'm not living up to what I should be for them. I'm not enough for my industry. The, the people, I, 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 could be, I could be, I should be doing more. And, and we'll struggle with this idea of being not enough. 
And I know for me, a lot of times, I can chalk up nearly every stress, every tear, every pressure, every anxiety, nearly every one of those. If I get down to the root of where that is coming from, it is coming from the fact that I don't feel like I'm measuring up. There is something within me that is wrong and falling short. And it brings up so many issues, not only with us, but our relationships and wreaks havoc in our lives. This little bug that tries to bite you and say, you know what, yeah, God loves you, but you're, you're, you're too old. Your time's up. You don't, have, you don't have enough money. You can't do that. You can't do certain things because you're not. You're less than. You're not sufficient. Your, your past is too checkered. I mean, God can use you, but do you know what you've done? You obviously are out of, you're not qualified. Feeling a little bit like this woman, where Jesus had this conversation, asked her for a drink of water, and she asked, why are you talking to me? I mean, if, I'm not a Jew. I'm not Jewish, okay? But if we were living in the first century as first century Jews, we would know how extraordinary this situation was. All right? She had three strikes against her. One, Jews and Samaritans. They do not get along. The guys traveling with, with Jesus, they would have known this. They, they, Jesus told that parable about the good Samaritan. You remember that one? Where, where someone had gotten injured, and then you had the Jews, the priests and stuff. They saw the injured person, and they walked right past them. And then the good old Samaritan comes over, and he's the one that helps them out. And we hear that story, we're like, oh, okay, that was a controversial story. Because Jesus was telling that to the Jews, and the enemy was the hero. Samaritans were not pure Jews. They were, in a sense, like half-breeds, half, half in a sense. They didn't have pure Jewish blood, and so there was this animosity between the two. They were neighbors, but they did not like each other. This trip from Judea to Galilee, going from, from the south to the north, the fastest route, like if you were to plug it in on, on, on Google, on Google Maps, Google would say, hey, best route, just straight. The only problem was straight was straight through Samaria. And so what they would do, because I don't like Samaria, and I'm not going through there, they would take the long route. Sorry, sorry Siri, we're going to take the alternate route that takes an extra couple days to get there because that's how much we do not like these people. And so she says, why are you talking to me? Because we don't, we don't mix. We don't talk. Two, it's a man and a woman. He's a rabbi, she's a woman. And in that day, in that culture, women were lower class property in a sense. Like it is not, Jesus, I'm telling you, this is the beauty of Christianity. You may not like Christianity, but Jesus says everyone has value. He came to, to not only, to, he like break all boundaries. There's no boundaries here. He's going to, whatever cultural boundaries are in place, he's going to cross them and show just how God views people. And so she had strike two in that culture, in that society. You had Jews and Samaritans, you had male, female, and then she had to check her pass. Like she, she had three strikes against her. Why are you talking to me? We shouldn't even be having this, this conversation. And they, we get a clue about her checker pass, and we give a clue from John about 
her situation coming out there, because does anybody remember what time it said that, that she went out there to the well? Does anybody remember? Pop quiz, huh? Noon, yes. In a hot, dry climate. In a hot, dry climate. In that culture, noon was not the time to go out and draw water. They would be taking their afternoon siesta, kind of getting out of the sun. If you wanted, if you wanted to carry some, some buckets of water, you're going to do that in the evening or in the morning in the cooler parts of the day, not at noontime. And here she is, coming out at noontime, because she didn't want to be seen. All right, it's like going to Smith's on a Saturday morning. All right, you got to make that quick run. You're in sweatpants. You just woke up. You're in sweatpants, flip-flops, and the hoodie. All right, some of y'all, you're like, hey, I know the COVID's, the, whatever it is, but you're like, I'm just going to wear the COVID mask because you don't want to be seen, all right? You're in Smith's, and then you see Pastor Mike over there saying, hey, hey, how's it going? You're like, gosh, dang, I didn't want to be seen today. It's like two Baptists meeting in the grocery liquor, liquor aisle, not wanting to be seen, right? They're like locking eyes, like, ugh, ugh. All right, you, you get... Good, you get my jokes. You get what I'm trying to say. She didn't want to be seen, all right? I got to make sure you're awake, all right? I used to be Baptist, so I can make, I can make cracks on, on that. She did not want to be seen. She's going out there by herself. And we, uh, we, we, I'll, I'll go over this on another time, but even when the disciples, they were gone, and they come back, it says later in that chapter, look at this. What do you want to do with her? Why are you talking to her? You got to be careful with the religious people. And Freedom Church, we, we're not exempt from saying, what are you doing talking to them? What are they doing having a conversation with Jesus and seeing that they're superior? Religious people are some of the worst. When it comes to looking and saying, why are you talking to them? Why are you dealing with them? How are they doing this? Casting judgment. It's all around. It's all in the scene. What I want to focus on today is out of verse 4, where it says, he had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. He could have gone the other route around, but he had to. I want to tell you today, everything Jesus did was on purpose. And he had to go because he had to have a conversation with a woman, and he had to let her know who he was. He tells her straight up, I am the Messiah, because they have this conversation, this back and forth about who is the Messiah. Is, is he, you know, like, kind of, he asked about her husband, go get your husband. And then she's like, uh, you, you see, kind of, what, what, what happened was, and she had five husbands, and Jesus says, hey, the sixth one, you're, you're not even married to the person you're with now. All right? And she, she, she kind of skirts the issue. She's like, ha, 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 we were talking about water. I can tell you, like, you're smart. I don't know what's going on. You must be a prophet. And then she kind of bumps the conversation back over to, like, well, the, 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 the prophets and the Messiah and the Jews and Samaria and worship, and I want to talk all about that in the coming weeks because it's important. But she kind of changes the topic because Jesus kind of needles in on that, on, that one, on that one area. She goes, but we're looking for the Messiah. He goes, I am the Messiah. And if you were here a couple weeks ago when we talked about John the Baptist, and John the Baptist said, hey, are you the Messiah? Or should we be looking for someone else? Jesus just straight up says, I'm God to this woman. He, he's like, here I am. 
to this woman, the one who shouldn't be picked. Why would he go here? And why would he go to her when everyone around could say she's so insignificant, even her own town has rejected her in a sense? This idea of not feeling enough, this bug that bites us, I want to present to you an idea today. What if life, what if life isn't about becoming someone? What if life is not about becoming someone, but realizing that you already are someone? We live in a culture where we believe we have to do something in order to be something. And Jesus shows up on the scene here to say, no, you already are. You do not have to perform in order to be enough. See, Jesus, he's the one bringing up the 10th subject. Go get your husband. He gets right to the heart of it. He will bring it up. You'll have an enemy that will also bring up the same thing with a different intent and purpose. Your spiritual enemy, Satan, will bring up that same topic and use it to accuse you, to shame you and guilt you for that thing. Those things that make you feel like you're not enough, to where I'm less than, to where you question your value, to where you say, I can't, to where you will stay stuck in your shame. Jesus brings it up. He's not an accuser. He's an advocate. He's an advocate. I will bring, he will bring it up. Not to shame you and guilt you, but to point you on a path that will lead you in the direction that he wants you to go. So today, I want you to speak life into yourself. Who are you listening to? Because you have voices coming in. One of accusation. One saying you can. One who is an advocate. Speak life into yourself today. I told you earlier, give yourself some flowers. Now, I know for the guys in the room, like, I ain't give myself no flowers. All right, fine. I don't know. Pick something. Huh? Ammo. Buy yourself some ammo. Okay, great. Here we go. <laughs> going to get emails. <laughs> Thanks, Blair. Be nice to yourself. Like, if you, if you saw someone treating your kid the way you treat yourself sometimes in the mirror, you'd be standing up in a moment saying, you don't talk to my kid like that. You are the son of God. You are a child of God. You have, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are God's child. Don't let the enemy have his way. This is very much a mental game when we're talking about, am I enough? Because he had to go. He had to go through Samaria. Now, I know this isn't the point of the verse, but it is so close that I cannot just not do it. It's too much fun as a pastor. Some area. There's some area that is uncomfortable, there is some area that seems out of bounds that is difficult for you to walk through. Jesus says, I got to go there. To get where I got to go, to set some people free, 
I've got to go to some area. I don't know what some area is for you. That place of difficulty. And it is not to shame you, but it is to be an advocate. See, each and every one of us, if you have a relationship with God, you're called to a life-changing mission. When you say, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior, you are now part of a team that is something that is way bigger than you. It's way bigger than us. We join God on a mission to tell this whole world how much God loves his creation, how much he values every single person, every single person. I don't care what category you want to label them with, what identity you want to label them with, God loves every single person, period. And that's enough. That's enough for me to love them and see that they have value and worth. Jesus is making a point here to show this woman how much value and worth that she has. But he has his boys with him too, and he's making a point to them too through that whole conversation. And we get to peek into that conversation too 2,000 years later to see everybody has value. Everybody has worth. God wants a relationship with everyone. Now, they can reject it, which many do. But that open invitation to a relationship is open to everyone. Everything he did was on purpose. Why did you come here today? Why are you here today? Mom told me. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to tell you this. You're here on purpose today. I don't know where you are in the spectrum of feeling like you're enough, but when this thing comes up, I'm telling you, you are here on purpose today. To hear, to, the message today is you are enough. You don't have to earn it with God. He loves you. If you I know we've made mistakes. I know we've messed up. I know we've, we've, we've had some errors or we've lost that job or that relationship didn't go the way we wanted to, but you are not damaged goods. You are not Clarence Rack material. God loves you and values you the same, regardless, and you still have purpose. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. The enemy will say you're not enough, and that bug will come and bite you and say you're not enough, and God wants to use you. Some of you are saying, you know what? I, don't, I just barely even know Jesus. Like, I don't, I don't even know too much about it. Like, I don't know that God could even really use me. How many conversations did this woman have with Jesus before her life changed and she started making a difference in this world? How many? One. One encounter with Jesus and she went back. It says that she went, she did her next steps out of that place. She walked in there with an empty bucket, with an empty soul, feeling hopeless Her next steps out of there, she was filled, not thirsty anymore, not thirsting for relationships, and telling a whole town about this Jesus guy who she had just met. And it says that that whole town got changed, that that they wanted to hear more from Jesus, and many people got saved. She was one of the first missionaries, a woman, going and telling the gospel, saying, is this the Messiah? I think this is the Messiah. Come see this guy. That's our job. That's our assignment. One conversation is all it took for her to find freedom and go live out her purpose. 
So if God's speaking to you today, don't, don't, don't disqualify yourself with all your not enoughs. Because what God sees in you is something that maybe you don't even see in yourself. But if he's got a plan and a purpose, it is not dependent upon you going and doing and executing and performing. That's what our world does. When God hands you something and says, hey, this is what I've called you to do. Here's your next step. You can walk confidently and obediently and say, you know, it may be hard, but I'm going to go do this because I trust that something better is on the other side. That's what I want for you. Moms, that's what I want for you. Dads, that's what I want for you. Teenagers in the room. Teenagers, teenagers, teenagers. I said, I said this earlier, I want to say it again, it's horrible, but I can't think of a better analogy. If I could like open up your brain and put a little chip in there, and get, if I could get this message into you teenagers to say that you are enough, you don't have to go chasing after whatever you think they want or what will get you liked and what will get you success. It, it, you will spin your mind and, oh man, if you could talk to the adults in this room, some of their biggest regrets came from the fact that they didn't feel like they were enough. They didn't know this message. They didn't trust that God had a better plan for them. They didn't trust that he was saying that you're enough. And they would chase, and they chase, and they chase. And they're still 40, 50, 60 years later living in regret because of something they did as a teenager. If I could get you to understand that you're enough. To the grown-ups in the room, if I could get you to understand that you're enough because some of y'all still chasing. You've grown in age, but we're still chasing. It's just more expensive things. You don't have to perform. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. One conversation, just one word from God can change everything. It can change everything. Can we stand? Can we pray? Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank you for this conversation that we got. We got a, 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 just even on the beginning side, just the fact that it says he had to go. He had to go. He could have gone any different direction, but he had to set a woman free. He wanted to set a town free. Father, I don't, I, I don't know what this means for us in Los Alamos, but I, I, I just believe, like, hey, it only start, it starts with one, one conversation. How do you change the world? How do you change the world? One step at a time, one conversation at a time, one purpose at a time. Father, I believe right now your Holy Spirit is speaking that there's someone in this room that you are speaking to. One conversation, one word from you can change everything, which can change a home, which can, can change a community, which can change Los Alamos, which can change the lab, which can... Change the world. Father, it can start right here, right in our hearts. It seems impossible. It seems ridiculous until it happens. And so, Father, I just, I, I pray with that amount of faith that knowing that you can do it. And I know that you're speaking to us. So I, want to, I want to pray with that amount of courage and strength to strengthen someone's faith that they can do it. If God's speaking to you right now, you can do it through him. Thank you that we don't have to become anything to be someone in your eyes. God, remind me that I am someone, that I am unique. Shift my perspective from this prison of not enough to live it on purpose. This prison of shame 
this prison of loneliness, to know that there's purpose beyond this. Help me to break free. For you in the room, maybe you've made a mistake. Maybe you've had a loss, experienced a setback. Maybe you've lived a life and you are not what people have wanted you to be. You see people higher up in the, in the mountain, further along than you. I pray that you would get out of your head. Holy Spirit would get into your heart. Speak to them what they need to hear today. Help me to see that this world does not have enough for my enough. You will always be chasing in this world. For some of you in this room, I want to have a time of commitment just for a relationship with God because you're hearing this message and you know a next step that you need to take. But that next step for you is you need to have that very first step with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who we sing about, who we talk about, who we praise, who we pray to. Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for your sin, saying you don't have to do it. You don't have to earn it. There's nothing you could do. He didn't just say dead on the cross. He rose from the grave to give you hope, to give you life, to give you victory, to give you purpose, to say that when you are down and not feeling enough, you don't have to stay stuck there. You already have victory. How do I have this victory? How do I have this forgiveness? What do I got to do? Nothing. You receive it. It is a gift. It is a gift from God. You believe that Jesus Christ is God, big G, the Messiah. He's the one. You trust that his death on the cross paid for your sins, and you surrender your life to him. You say, you know what? I'm not going to live for me anymore. I'm going to live for you. You speak, you direct, you guide, and I will do the best that I can to follow him. So with everybody's head bowed and eyes in the room, just as a time of commitment, if that's you today in this room, you're saying, yes, I want to say for the very first time in my life, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want forgiveness for my sins, and I want to live for him. If that's you in the room, would you just raise your hand where you're at to say yes to him? I want to live for Jesus and surrender my life to him for the very first time in my life. I'm making that commitment today. If that's you in the room, just raise your hand. I want to celebrate with you. I want to celebrate for you. If you're watching here online, you can put in, I want to follow Jesus online, and we'd love, love, love to follow up with you online later. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for moms. We thank you for life. We thank you for purpose. We thank you for freedom. Guide us in our next steps, whatever our next steps is, in our workplace, in our homes, in our marriages, in our relationship with our kids, in our friendships. Father, show us how to be a light in this world. That word that you spoke to us today, that one little conversation that we had today, Father, help us as we take our next steps out of here to not, leave, to, to not forget it by the time we leave the parking lot. Ping us throughout the week. Remind us of what you're calling us to do to go live out our purpose. One conversation at a time, one step of faith at a time. And we do that trusting fully in the name of Jesus. We pray that in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired. 
to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.